Hello. Hi. Welcome back to And Also with Kathy and Christine. Hi. <laughs> Hi. It always it always sends me laughing at you. Well, well. Um, so we're doing chapter four of Life and Death, which is Twilight Reimagined. Um, and I'm gonna at some point stop saying that. But yeah. maybe not. Um, so this is chapter four, it's called Invitations, and um I think last week we really started kind of to zero in on the differences between life and death and Twilight. And so that's going to continue because there's still some changes that she made that I don't think are explained by... I don't think that she's made the case that, yeah, at least that these are just two different characters and this is why they respond to things differently. I think that it is clear that some of the stuff she does is because Bo is a boy. It's just not the same exact story. Like she claimed it was. I also think that we should accept the fact that she's not going to make that case. It's pretty evident that the way that she believes boys and girls are socialized fall very much in line with the way that they actually are socialized. And so that's why these stories are different. The main players are the same and the main, the skeleton is the same, but like they're very important things about like why each does things. The motivations of the characters, that is pretty obviously different. And it's different because of their gender. I mean, that's fair. But I think she made kind of a big deal of saying that this, that a lot of the characteristics that people look down at Bella at, well, what? <laughs> look down at Bella for were not characteristics of a girl or, or not girl characteristics, but more human characteristics. And I just don't think she's proven that yet. Right, because the characteristics that were looked down um, that people look down on Bella for, Bo doesn't have. So, like, you're not making the case. You're making actually the opposite of the case. You're, case in point, the things that Bella did and the reason why she did them, Bo doesn't do them or for the same reasons. So, it just... It it hits different. It's, it's, you know... If, I wish I could pay for every time you say it. It's <laughs> I really do. I'm sorry. Um, one of sponsorships. Um, sorry. Um, but <laughs> but I think that beyond it hitting I different, just so subconscious of the fact. I think I actually wrote in this book it hit different. I'm sorry. Um, but beyond the fact that it hit different, I think. <laughs> I think that. It just, I'm sorry, I got away from you. What was I saying? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't make the case. She doesn't make the case. It's almost like she, oh, that's what I was thinking. Like, the scientific method and, like, you have a hypothesis and, like, you have to actually do an experiment that it goes in line with your hypotheses. And it's like she put out her hypotheses in, like, the, in the, in the foreword and then proceeded to do a different experiment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Isn't it? Is it hypothesis? Hypothesis. Hypothesis. I said I was saying it with an accent. Hypothesis. Um, <laughs> hypothesis. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Um, she, and then educated she went, observation. Right. <laughs> educated guess. guess. And then and she then was she like, went, "Here's my educated guess." And we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Forget that. That's over. She was like, now let's talk about something entirely different. In fact, completely the opposite of the educated guess that I took. And if you all don't like it, if by the end of reading Life and Death, 
you all are still not on team, this story makes sense, then you're just sexist. Period. <laughs> That's a fair point. She doesn't try to make the case. She doesn't try. She's not trying. She's actively not trying. Actually, I, I find that very relatable, Stephanie. So <laughs> it's the first pass I'm going to give you. First and only pass. <laughs> I just feel like she kind of decided that the story is most important. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like she. Yeah. Do you think that possibly she's biased? To make Bo look a little bit better because she has sons. She only has sons, I think. And like she said that she spoke to her sons about like the teenage boy experience. I mean, God, if these are her, what her teenage sons are like, then no. like, jeez, <laughs> I hope every teenage girl runs. Oh um, my God. At the same time, though, they're in their twenties at this point, which makes me want every teenage girl to run even faster from them. But I think that. It might be that, like, Bella's her Mary Sue, so she's making Bo a lot more tolerable because then she can be like, y'all just hate on Bella because she's, you just want to hate right. on her. Right, she's her Mary Sue, for sure. And yeah. so that's that's another reason. Or she's just one of those people that, like, she thinks she's doing something that she's not. And, like, I feel like that's probably... She, yeah, she could I feel like it's a mix of a lot of things. It is. Um, it is. And it's also, a mi- it's also a thing of, like, she doesn't... It doesn't matter what she put on paper. We're here talking about it. Like, that... Right. That's she's, the other thing. She's calling she's the like, conversation. She's like, what are you going to do? Not talk about it? <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> Look at where we are now. You know, so... so did you hear suppose there was, like, another Twilight movie coming? I swear on everything. I, I heard I heard that very, like... Okay, I, but what I is the like a tweet going to be about? I like, when you saw a tweet. <laughs> It Journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> All right. That so. was like nothing. <laughs> that was a whole lot of nothing. Well, this is a short chapter, so it's fine. Yeah. Um. So invitations. Speaking of a whole lot of nothing, so chapter four is called <laughs> invitations, uh, and it starts with a dream. Uh, that that uh. Turn it off. <laughs> it starts with the dream that Bo has and it's the exact same dream that Bella had where Bella saw Edward in like this like dark field and he was there was like light radiating from his skin um, the same thing is happening here light is radiating from, from Edith's skin and he's like frantic to get to her um, but the, the more he tries to run after her the, the farther away she gets he can't ever reach her and he wakes up um, anxious okay fine that's not a metaphor or anything no not at all um, and it's funny because he said that he woke I mean, I mean, I'm probably reading too much into this. I um he says that he woke up and Dear he, listener, in case you haven't realized that. That's a Kathyism. Yeah. I'm probably reading too much into this. Um and, and they're reading, and too, they're much, reading too much into <laughs> it as well. Um so he says the anxiety woke him up from the dream and Bella says that she woke up troubled. And like I feel like it's a little bit different, just like because like yeah, you could feel troubled and anxious at the same time. But I feel like specifically, like she felt troubled because she was confused by the dream. He felt anxious because he couldn't get to her because he talks about feeling frantic to get to her. Bella doesn't really talk about feeling frantic to get to him. She just says that she feels troubled by the whole thing, which it could be his like neurosis that he, you know, yeah. he has, which actually makes a return in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Finally, um, anyway. So tell me about your <laughs> mental illness, though. <laughs> Is it diagnosed? I want to see the prescription. So uh, that's not that's. Nope. So he says that when he goes to school, he found himself to be at the center of attention for the rest of the week, which really sucked. And so then he actually says something that I was like, um, Bo, are you okay? He wonders like how people didn't notice that Edith was by the, wasn't by the car and how they didn't notice that she was so far away from him. And he's like, oh, it's because no one is as aware of her as I am. And while Bella had the same observation, he says, 
No one watched her the way I did. It was pathetic and kind of stalkerish. <laughs> Bo? What? Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel like she was just kind of like, like, like Stephanie Meyer said, and it's kind of stalkerish. Right? Right? That's, that's, that's totally, yeah, right, right? Like, no. Stephanie Meyer's like self-awareness is the highest level of, um, it's the highest form of being. Being self-aware, and it's like, baby, being self-aware is the prerequisite. Changing and right. being better is the actual highest. Like, um, she's like, no, no, it's just enough that he knows he's no. stalkerish. But it's just enough that he knows he's giving but, vibe. <laughs> but at the same time, all the vibe, no change, just vibes. <laughs> now, the thing is, I think that I find it weird that she even said this because I don't find him to be stalkerish in observing her. Like, I feel like if he's at school and she's pretty, he's looking at her. What's stalkerish about that? My question is, why did you call it stalkerish? Why did you call him looking at her stalkerish? I think that she could have easily said it. What she meant to say was, like, he's spending too much time thinking about her. She could have easily been, like, it was pathetic and kind of loser. Like, or, like... The, or, this fixation that he has on Or possibly on obsessive. I feel like obsessive was an appropriate... Would've, would've no, no, no. It would have been fair. It would have been fair. But it would have been an appropriate time, word because obsession... <laughs> okay. At the same time, though, I feel like at I feel this like, point... Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. At this point in the story, he doesn't feel... Like, is he even interested in her? Like, Right. It doesn't feel that way. It's not there yet. So what do you mean stalkerish? Like, aside from that, stalker... Stalkerish implies, that you implies like following you're following. Exactly. It's not even like a thing of like he's like, oh, I paid too much attention to her. I look at her too much. It's like you you're looking at her while she's in a public setting. It's like it's like some voyeuristic. You're looking at her. You're watching her when she doesn't know she's being watched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not following her. He's like, I'm you're following lo- her with my gaze <laughs> as she walks by. <laughs> he's like, how dare I subject her to my male gaze? Oh my God. It's like Stephanie, what are you doing? Yeah. He's not stalking her. She actually. Actually, 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 if it turns out to be exactly like Twilight, she's stalking him hard. Meanwhile, when Be- when Edward was stalking Bella in Twilight, it was deeply romantic. Right, right. What is happening? Seriously. Anyway, so seriously, you know when you it know was when just people bizarre. like try to realize that they messed up and they're like they try to um overcorrect. Overcorrect. <laughs> Calling this stalkerish is, is overcorrecting. overcorrecting. Okay. And so then he says, but since this is also something actually kind of interesting, he says he wanted to carry on the conversation that they had after after um, they went to the emergency room. He says, she'd been so furious when we talked before. First of all, I have one question. Had she been so furious? Did you get furious from her? No. She was she was concerned. She was scared. She was, she was angry because she's like, crap, why am I in this situation? But she wasn't furious. But you know why she wasn't furious to us and that didn't strike us as weird is that we have seen people um, who express appropriate emotions at the right times, right? So, like, he... <laughs> wait, wait. He's used to dealing with a woman who basically is... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not agnostic. <laughs> it's not agnostic. Um, he's used to dealing with a woman who's basically ambivalent. and the She kind of is ambivalent, but she also has a lot of emotions because she's all over the right. place. Right, no, no, but what I mean is, like, with Renee... She the 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 strongest thing that Renee expressed was like, "Where's my shirt? I can't find my pink blouse." That's true. And like, he's used to that. So when he sees someone reacting more in an appropriate way, and yeah. honestly, she wasn't furious. She was just like, I mean, she did walk away from him mad. She was pressed. She was like, 
Well, nobody's going to believe you. And he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. She's like, well, I hope you like to be disappointed. And she dipped, right? So I think that, that he's, he's like, oh, this is a strong emotion. Automatically, it's like a negative one because he grew up with somebody who didn't have uh, uh, an appropriate relationship to her own emotions and therefore didn't teach her son how to have appropriate relationships with his own emotions. Right. Um, also because he doesn't have any emotions. Also, relationships with emotions is ugh, disgusting. It's, <laughs> and also necessary. <laughs> so I'm not going to just let that slide. Okay. He So he says, I wanted very much to continue our conversation from the hospital hallway. And the, and the day after the accident, I tried. She had been, she'd been so furious when we talked before. And even though I really wanted to know what had actually happened and I thought I deserved the truth, I also knew I, I had been pretty pushy considering that she had just saved my life and all. I didn't think I thanked her properly. The way that Bella describes it is, is very different. She says, I wanted very much to talk to him and the day after the accident, I tried. The last time I'd seen him outside the ER, we'd both have been so furious. I still was angry that he wouldn't trust me with the truth, even though I was keeping my part of the bargain flawlessly. But he had, in fact, saved my life, no matter how he'd done it. And overnight, the heat of my anger faded into awed gratitude. Let's talk about the difference here. He says she had been so furious, which we had already discussed. She hadn't been so furious. Um, Bella says we'd been so furious. He did not attribute any anger or any unpleasant emotion to himself the way that Bella had. Now, he wasn't furious. He was completely calm, which is part of the problem. Um, but also, he says, oh, I hadn't thanked her pro- properly. She, after all, did save my life. And But Bella, overnight, her anger faded into odd gratitude. I feel like there's something kind of reverent about the way she said that, like, odd gratitude. Mm, yeah, but, I mean, it falls in line with the way that she sees him as, like, a Greek god. That's true. She does describe him as like so she, a god. Like it Greek does. God. It falls. It, that to me, like being in awe, which is him, interesting. Why hasn't he described her as like Venus, Aphrodite? Right. Because I, I, well, I honestly feel like that actually might be Stephanie Meyer learned mm-hmm. that it's problematic, problematic to talk about people in that right. way. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is something that is a good thing that yeah. she's learned that, and. I think that's the that's the ten years difference between Twilight and Life and After. Right. Life and Death. Ah, that. sorry. <laughs> so I think that 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 shows a ten years difference. So yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think this is like a boy girl thing. I think that she was legitimately upset. You know, she's like we were both so mad and like my anger passed, and I'm like, bruh, you I should have said things. I should have right. said things. I also think that Stephanie Meyer used the word odd in the like actual, actual sense, sense of like of the word. I'm blown away, not odd like, you know, the song Blinded by Your Grace. Maya. <laughs> the Bro Stormzy. Incomparable Stormzy. Um, right. Okay. So she kinda made Bella a little bit spicy and we definitely were like, No, she's not spicy enough. Um, but she made her a little bit spicy because like that whole like anger thing or whatever. And and so maybe this is why she says this line that I'm I'm gonna read. But she do- she doesn't have Bo say it. And while I understand because it's because Bo wasn't angry, Bo was completely calm. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hey Edith." Bella says, "Hello Edward." I said pleasantly to show him I was going to behave myself. Um, I kind of feel like I don't like it. Me, yeah, me. Yeah. I don't like it. I feel like that if if. And, and like I said, it makes sense that Bo didn't say something like, oh, so to show how to behave because they hadn't had a problem with his behavior yet. But they didn't have a problem with Bella's behavior. Bella was acting completely normal. She was getting gaslit. And anyway, we're not going to go back there. We're, we're not talking about Twilight. 
Yeah. Well, we are. But he talks about how when he sits down, he says, hey, he did she, she doesn't really acknowledge him. She, like, gives him a nod. He says the last contact, that was the last contact he had with her, even though she sat a foot away from me. He notices that her eyes go from, like, gold to, to dark and then gold again. Okay, so this is something that I found a little bit strange, is that um, he mentions Phil. Bella does not mention Phil At again all. ever. Yeah. Like, it really made it seem like she did not like him. Um, the only time that she mentions him is just, like, in passing, either to Charlie or... Um, in passing where she says that he gave her that CD or when she's talking to Edward describing what the situation is. Yeah. He talks about him like he has a relationship with him. Yeah. And Bella never... And not just that. She, he called Phil his stepdad. His stepdad, yeah. And he he calls Charlie Charlie. Like... Yes. It was weird. He said, my stepdad has always complained that Phoenix didn't have seasons, but as far as I could tell, Forks was much worse. Bella never mentions interacting with Phil ever. Yeah. It's... it's It actually... Now him saying that actually made it feel really weird that she never did yeah it makes it a thing a thing yeah, yeah. so the next thing the, the other thing that happens here is that they have the the school dance the spring fling or whatever it is and it which is girl's choice and so jeremy's like hey do you want michaela to ask you and he's like no i'm not going to a dance like i don't dance that's not my thing and he's like oh so is it okay like would you be cool with if i ask or if i let her know that he doesn't say if i ask her he's like if i let her know that he's like yeah sure he says, um, he talks about him him sitting next to Edith. He goes, as always, I was too aware of Edith sitting close close enough to touch, but still so far away, she might as well be a product of my imagination. Um, I find really problematic the way that he talks about her. Mm-hmm. And there's another part that I feel like is really problematic, the way that he describes her and, 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 and his relation to her. So Michaela says, so Jeremy told me you don't go to dances. And he's like, yeah, that's true. And she's like, she said, I thought maybe he was making it up. He's like, no, I don't go to dances. And then she was like, I think he wants me to ask. He's like, why would I, why would you make up a story like that? And she's like, I think he wants me to ask him. She says, would this, I don't dancing change if I were the one asking you? And he's like, um, sorry, no. And then she goes, what if it was someone else? And so she looks over at Edith and he's like, mm, no, it's a moot point anyway. I'm going to be in Seattle that day. And then she goes, does it have to be that weekend? And he goes, yeah, but don't worry about me. You should take Jeremy. He's much more fun than I am. And she goes, yeah, I guess. Now with Mike, Bella says, I'm going to be in Seattle that weekend. Mike's response is similar to Michaela. He says, you know, like, what does it have to be that weekend? Except it's not. He says, she says, no, I'm not going to dance at all. He goes, why not? He demanded. Michaela doesn't have that vibe. She doesn't have that attitude. And then she goes, I'm going to Seattle that Saturday. And he says to her, can't you go some other weekend? Michaela says, does it have to be that weekend? Mike goes, can't you go some other weekend? The vibe is different, no? Mm-hmm. Michaela sounds low-key desperate. Um, <laughs> Mike key. sounds like he she owes him something. Demanding. Dem- dem- we already know how we feel about Mike. After he turns her down, Edith is, like, staring at him, and then she gets called on by the teacher, and it's the same thing that happened in Twilight. She's, like, staring at him, super intense, and they look like two emo kids in the classroom, and everybody's waiting for them to give a response. I'm so sick of them. I can imagine the other students are like, what is taking them so long to answer? They're probably, like, the two most annoying main characters in all for, of Phoenix. For real. When he's getting up to leave, she she calls out to him, she goes, Bo, and he's like, he turns around, he's like, oh, so are you not, are you or are you not talking to me? And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, so like, he's confused. But the vibe is still different from like when Bella spoke with Edward because Edward always had this, and this is something that we kept bringing up, he always had this kind of like playful, but then all of a sudden not playful vibe to him that Edith does not have. Edith doesn't change moods like that. In one conversation with Bella and Edward, he changes moods like four or five times. 
With Edith, she changed the mood maybe once. Can I just tell you what Edith feels like, and Bo to a certain extent, they feel like she took Twilight and she ironed Twilight. Yes. I don't have a sense of who Edith is. I just know I like her better than Edward. Well, yeah, because he's abusive. She, I, she, I don't, I feel like... I have a better sense of who Royal is than who, than who Edith is. Yeah. Yeah, Royal gives me Kato vibes from The Hunger Games. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah I, I'm confused. I don't, like, I'm like, this is the l- romantic lead, and I, and I don't have a read on her. And I think, but and, and and that's the thing. Also, I think that we had a better read on Edward because Edward was much more. At, at this point, it was just kind of volatile. And by this point, Edward's Edward's yeah. reaction to him. And also, we had read part of Midnight Sun, so there's still there was some, yeah, there so, was some of that already existing. Right. And I, and, I, and with Edith, she's just kind of. I feel like she's kind of trying to get a sense of him, and so she's playing it very close to the chest. After, I assume, after Port Angeles and probably in the meadow, we're really going to get to know Edith, like, and see if she's as bad as Edward. And I think that there's certain things, like... Like, she called him an idiot. Yeah, but here's the thing. So, Bella, Bella gave, Bella just said things, right? Or, she didn't, she just said things she didn't have to be asked. She was like, like, so why don't you just let the man crush me? With, with Edith and with Bo, he doesn't say things flat out. She goes, what are you thinking? And then he says, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, which I feel like it puts her kind of in a position where she's a little more reliant on him than Edward was on Bella because Bella was going to, like, speak her mind. Yeah. Like, like, and I feel like reading Bo, I'm kind of like, dang, yo, Bella was kind of outspoken. And we thought she was very meek and mild-mannered to a degree. Yeah. Because like, we did say that there were some times where she, she said, like, I said what I said and that's it. But reading Bo, I'm just like, wow, this, <laughs> he's way more reserved than Bella was. Yeah, and I think he's a lot more, like... Such is my lot in life. Right. Than Bella yeah. was. And I think, again, sorry, this is because of Renee and his upbringing and the fact that, what was he going to do? Complain that his mother was useless? Right. No. No, he was going to pick himself up and be the person that he needs, he needed her to be, um, but she wasn't going to be. So he just did it himself. So I think that a lot of, I think he has a lot of, like, internal processing. That's true. But it doesn't, like, it's not happening on the paper. I think we're, that's true. I think we're meant to assume. We're meant to assume, yeah. That he's doing a lot of internal processing that we don't see. And that's 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 requiring too much for me. I, right. It's like, <laughs> Stephanie. Like, I'm going to do it, <laughs> okay? I'm going to ruminate here. But, but expecting me to do it is very rude. So he says to her, why, basically, why did you regret, why, why did you save my life? You're going to regret it. And she's like, you think I regret saving your life? He's like. Yeah, I mean, what else? It seems kind of obvious. And that's when she goes to him, you're an idiot, she told me. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between what happened there and, and with Bella, he says regret. Regret for what? She goes, for not letting that stupid van squish me. And he goes, you think I regret saving your, saving your life? And she goes, I know you do. And he goes, you don't know anything. And then she turns and walks away. Now, even though she calls him an idiot, it just, it's not cool. But more than that, it doesn't feel the same as when Edward told her, you don't know anything. You know, like it feels less malicious and just kind of like, you're an idiot. Like in a very casual, like sure, she should have called him an idiot. They're not, they're not friends. Yeah. And like you should call your friends idiots either. But so if somebody says, if somebody says like, oh, says something it's bad casual, about themselves, it's casual language. It's, it's casual language, but it's it's also like if somebody says something bad about themselves, you go shut up. Like, it's because of that the way. 
Yeah, but I also feel like she could have been like, you're being ridiculous, and the same thing is accomplished. As That's true. You're, you're an idiot. That's true. Because, like, at the end of the day, calling somebody an idiot, calling somebody any kind of, like, derogatory word is abusive language. Mm-hmm. You don't get a pass just because you're a girl. You don't. And so he, they leave the classroom, and then um, he, she holds him up. Like, he's trying to leave the parking lot. She holds him up. To give Taylor a chance to ask him to the dance. Oh, Erica. Oh asked no, him. Erica asked him to the dance first. And I he's... mean, it was it was a non-event though. It was the same thing no. that happened with Eric. Like, oh, actually, I I just remembered. He says that Taylor was now one of the people that was at their lunch table, and that Michaela and Erica were upset about it. Michaela and Erica don't run in the same circles. Well, they do now with, with Jeremy and them. Like they don't. The circle is is Bo. Is Bo. Ugh. They're 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 the, not friends. They're the moons orbiting around Bo. Okay. Well, anyway, so Erica asked him. It's the same exact way that um, Erica asked uh, Bella. Okay, fine. He So Edith holds him up as he's leaving the parking lot. It's still a jerk move. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, taking advantage of her power to read people's minds and putting him in a position that he didn't want to be in. It's not fair. So Taylor's still like Tyler. She's, like, unfazed. She goes, well, we still have prom. And she tells him, uh, yeah, Michaela told me that, but I thought maybe you are trying to let her down easy. Like, I don't... I don't get it. I don't, and I don't understand Taylor, but whatever. Yeah, Taylor is not... That's not how... Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> that's not how... how ta- Taylor's energy is extremely <laughs> Tyler energy. It's, and and it's like, honey, Stephanie, where you... the All the adjustments that you made for Bo and Bella, you could have made some for ta- Taylor. Because the energy is just not it. Like, she, and is, is Taylor gonna be at his house on prom? You um, know what I mean? Like, we'll, get, we'll see. When we get um, there. he leaves the parking lot, and he has this whole overthinking thing that Bella doesn't have. Um, it's a whole paragraph of like, uh, when Michaela asked Jeremy to dance, would he blame me if she doesn't? Like, what am I gonna cook for dinner? Like this whole thing. So when he goes home, he says, "I'm gonna make chicken enchiladas," and that's the same thing that Bella cooked. And so he, it's something very weird that happened. He goes, my eyes were starting to sting and tear from the onions. I grabbed the dish towel, ran it under the faucet, and then rubbed it across my eyes. It didn't really help. Why is this here? <laughs> why is this here? Yeah. This wasn't in Twilight. Yeah. She did not. Why is this here? I don't understand. Yeah, I found it weird. I was like, <laughs> what the? Like, what a, what a ridiculous detail to yeah. include. And not just like it wasn't in the original. So this was she thought a choice. It needed to be added in. Right. And she's like she says, Bella starts like tearing up. She's like, Oh, it's it's probably from the onions, but she didn't wipe her face or so he says that, you know, Edith is out of his league. She's brilliant, mysterious, beautiful, and completely perfect. Okay. Bella says that Edward's out of his league and she describes her him. league. <laughs> Bella's out of her league. Nope. Sorry. Edward is out of her league. <laughs> Edward is out of her league. Jeez. Um, and he's like, of course he wasn't interested in me. I, I thought angry, my tears, my, my singing, I wasn't interesting. And he was interesting and brilliant and mysterious and perfect and beautiful and possibly able to live full-size man with one hand. He says, either way, she was fantasy. And I was very must, very, must is right. Very must. <laughs> Sorry. He's musty. <laughs> he says, either way, she was fantasy. And I was the very most mundane kind of reality. Now, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I said this before. He talks about Edith like she's not real. And like she's a fantasy. And Edith is a real girl. She's a real girl. He needs to come to terms with that. If he doesn't, 
he's going to continue to have this kind of relationship with her, even in his thoughts, where she's so high above him that the only way he could have her, I'm sorry, and I know you're going to tell me, you're going to give me a look. The only way he could have her is to destroy her. I'm sorry, but it is what it is, and that's what I thought. Anyway, you can cut that out. I just wanted you to say to, You have to hear how unhinged you sound. You can cut that out. No, I'm leaving it in. No. You no, sound unhinged. No. The thing is, I understand that he... It's problematic that he says she's fantasy and he's reality. That is problematic. Because you, like, you know, we see it all the time that the dehumanization of people leads to violence to, or towards people. That, so, so when you say someone is a fantasy or someone isn't real, that causes you not to look at them as a human being, as a person mm-hmm. who can be harmed and mm-hmm. who you can cause harm to. Mm-hmm. So this is the problem with him talking about her in this way yeah. and saying that she's fantasy and he's reality. Um, and also because it helps him to read into situations things that are not happening in yes. those situations. Yes. Um, because she's fantasy and he's reality. So yeah. it, it causes the same way that like if you say to yourself, Oh, this person probably thinks I'm in, I'm I'm, you know, unimportant, then everything that that person does or says to you, you're gonna receive it, hear it through the lens of they think I'm unimportant. Confirmation and that's bias. going to exactly it's confirmation bias. So that's the problem with him talking about her in this way and talking about himself as reality when she's fantasy. Everything is going to lead to confirmation bias. True. But I also feel like, and, and so Bella did this to a degree. Bella kept putting herself down, which we didn't talk about last time. Yeah. She kept putting herself down to raise Edward up. And and Bella put Edward on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But then so was Bo. Bo was putting Edith on a pedestal. But when a man is put on a pedestal versus when a woman is put on a pedestal, it's a very different outcome. Mm-hmm. A man put on a pedestal is going to be adored, right? Mm-hmm. A woman put on a pedestal is going to be adored until it's kind of like I'm sorry, but it's kind of like a Spider Man when they're like, you know, the one the one thing that people love more than a hero is watching a hero fall. I think I when I picked up Life and Death, I knew <laughs> that there would be a Spider Man comparison some point down the line. I hate you, but I I do think I agree. I think that that it is it it is different. Um, and so as it's different and it's dangerous because it's dangerous for women to be put on a pedestal. We just, we know this, um, in the society that we live, that it's dangerous when a woman is put on a pedestal because when she, it is proven that she is not that person, men get irrationally upset. They get angry. You remember? And they on... do, and they do things to harm these women because they feel like, I thought she was this. I bought a lie. You know, exactly. Yeah. And it's like you, not only did you buy a lie, you manufactured the, the lie, lie and then sold it to yourself because you had nothing better to do. Right. Because you don't have the concept of people being complex and developed and fully people. Because in your mind, the only way that she exists is when she's near you, a foot from you in biology. Right. Um, she is a person Thank in and you. of herself. She belongs to herself. All of the interactions she has with you are just because she deigns herself to interact with you, and you she doesn't owe you anything. Right. And the fact that he think he's putting her on this pedestal and like, oh well, she's fantasy, she's not real is problematic in that sense. Now, in that sense, I do agree with you. I do think though that when and maybe that's just kind of like your mind just goes automatically to the extreme of like he's gonna destroy her. We know this story. We know he doesn't destroy her. No, right? and and and, and I, but but I feel like the only reason why he doesn't is because she's a vampire. Like the thing is, I understand what you're saying, and I know I'm being I I know I'm being 
facetious. I, I, I'm being facetious. But the idea, like that whole concept of, of a guy, let's not say this guy, the whole concept of a guy saying this girl's fantasy, she's not reality, I'm reality, she's fantasy, this is why we're not in the same league, that is very problematic. To, well, you said it's problematic. But I, but I, and and I, I do go to worst case scenario. Like, that's where I live. So in my head, it's going to lead to something like that, to like the destruction of the thing that is so far beyond my reach. Right. Because I can't have it, no one's going to have it. Now, this actually reminds me of that whole thing you were saying. Reminds me of an episode of Degrassi mm-hmm. when Sean and Emma, they had been together, and then he comes back. He had been gone for a while. He comes back, and he's like, Emma, I love you so much. You're so perfect, blah, blah, blah. He finds out that, that Emma hooked up with Jay by the riverbank, mm-hmm. and what does he do? He loses his mind because she's not perfect anymore, mm-hmm. because she's not pure anymore, because she, she has been stained. Or the clap or whatever she, she, got. she got. the clap. Because she had been stained by this thing. Right. And it's like, you had her on a pedestal. She was never that girl. Yeah. Okay? And it just, I'm sorry, but it just reminded me of that. Yeah, but I did that. That's true. But I think that nothing in this text, I get I get the going to the worst case scenario and like, mm-hmm. it's going to destroy it. Nothing in the text supports that. Yes, like you have to have caution when somebody's talking about women in this way because it almost, it, it or not almost always, but it can be the basis on which a man can then excuse or justify a lot of actions and, and a lot of them violent actions against women um, are usually based on the foundation of holding women up into like non-realistic expectations right. or, or pedestal. But there's nothing in the text that supports that Bo would do this. Right. Okay. Because he has, he grew up with a woman who has all these imperfections and he had no point to advantage or harmed her. Instead, he nurtured her and granted that created trauma in himself, but there's nothing about him and what he's done so far in the text that we've seen that would imply or, or lead us to believe that he would harm Edith. Yeah, that's fair. It's a problem that he's looking at her this way. But I don't think it's the problem you think it is. Okay. All right. But don't worry your eyes, I mean. That's fine. I... This is how we work. I bring you back from the edge. Don't come. Well, don't say it like that. Anyway. Is that not the case? <laughs> anyway, so he tells Charlie, um, listen, I'm going to Seattle. Same thing that Bella had told Charlie. And he's like, do you want me to go with you? And he's like, no, I'm fine. And so there, there is a change when, in when he tells Charlie I'm going um, to Seattle versus when Bella told him. Because he tells him, I'm going to Seattle. And Charlie asks, are you going all by yourself? That's it. That's the question. And he says, yeah. He asks Bella, are you going all by yourself? He asks. And I couldn't tell if he was suspicious, I had a secret boyfriend, or just worried about car trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talk about reading way too much into a, a question. <laughs> like, okay? And so anyway, so he's like, oh, I think you're not going to dance. He was like, no. And so then, okay, he leaves it there. Now, there's something that happens that Bo does in the next day when he sees um, he sees Edith. Wait, are you are we skipping this statement? What statement? Did Bella say this? I don't remember Bella saying this. What? I wondered if he was really that worried about me or if he just thought all the Saturdays he left me alone were adding up to neglect. No, no, she didn't. She didn't yeah, say yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, okay, weird, because <laughs> this, and then he's just probably worried. I was sure that in his head, he still pictured me as a five-year-old most of the time. Like that right there was another callback in my my estimation to like 
you know, life with Renee. Uh, because it's weird for him to be like, you know, he's neglecting me. He's, you go for, because I feel like he kind of vacillates a little bit between we're roommates, everything's fine, ah, bachelor pad, to this is my parent, and like, really kind of like zeroing in on, on Charlie's, um, role as, as a parent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like a weird, it's, I don't want to say fixation, because I don't think he thinks about it all the time, but whenever he's talking about char- his relationship to Charlie as, you know, a child and parent, he, he hones in on this fact that Charlie is, it, like, takes better care of the age. Yeah, no, because I think that he, in his mind, uh, it, it, or at least the way that he describes it or talks about Charlie, it does feel like he's kind of like, Charlie's more aware of his role as parent right. than Renee ever was. Right, and, and he so, doesn't say than Renee ever was, but it's But it's there. implied. Yeah, it's there. I yeah, because to, he's, he, like, when he asks, do you, want to, do you want me to come with you? And in Twilight, Bella goes, I tried to hide my horror. <laughs> That's all <what> she says. <laughs> um, and then she goes like, oh no, it's going to be really boring. I'm going to be in dressing rooms all day. Yeah. And then with Bo, he's like, no, it's just not going to be that interesting. It'll be fine. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought yeah. I was just like. Yeah, no, no, it was. It was, it, and it's it's obvious that Bo's trauma is just like really on display. On display. Um. So then the following day, he sees Edith, and she's like, she like materializes out of nowhere, and he's like, "How do you do that? Do what? Appear out of thin air?" And then she says to him the same thing that that Edward told Bella. Bo, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant. Now the thing is. You put that plus the fact that she lied to him about where she was with the car. It's the same. It, it, it does the same thing. It it makes it seem like he's not paying attention and, like, he's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit less severe, I think, because she didn't really gaslight him at the hospital. Right. But it's still, it's still implying that he is not paying attention. That there's something wrong with him. Right. Now, he says, how was I supposed to ignore her when she wouldn't ignore me? That was what she wanted, right? Me out of her long, bronzy hair. Wasn't that what she said to me yesterday? We couldn't be friends. Then why was she talking to me? Was she sadistic? Was this her idea of fun? Tortured the idiotic kid she could never possibly care about? Okay. He's getting himself worked up. He is working himself up. Yeah. And he is... This is victimization 101. <laughs> Nothing is happening here. Yeah. Yeah. To make him the victim of any sort. I mean, she's telling him, she's lying to him to keep up her, the facade that she's trying to keep up. But he's victimizing himself saying, oh, oh, she's mean. She's cruel. She's torturing me. She's a sadist. Right. Like, that's not happening here, puppy. At the same time, this is Edith's first thing of her, leave him alone. Just leave him alone. If you don't want anything to do with him, leave him alone. And I agree. I agree. And like because we said the same we said the same thing with, with Edward and Bella. Just leave her alone. Instead of being like, no, we shouldn't be friends, haha, we shouldn't be friends, haha, no, I didn't say I didn't want to be all that stuff. But Bella doesn't have this reaction. Bella doesn't go, Oh, I'm a victim. Although Bella was very much a victim. Mm-hmm. Bella doesn't go, I'm a victim here. He's torturing me. Yeah. But he is working himself up and saying, I'm a victim. She's torturing me. And he, at one point, does call her cruel mm-hmm. in her attentions towards him. And I just don't like the way that that sounds, along with everything else. Because you think he's going to... I don't think he's going to har- harm her. Harm her. <laughs> I don't think he's going to harm her. Or harm her. I, or harm her. But I just don't like 
the vibe, I don't like the vibe of a guy being like, oh, she doesn't want me to give her any attention or she doesn't want me to talk to her, but look at her, why don't she just leave me alone? Oh, I see, she's torturing me. But I also think that this goes back to, like, Bo clearly has low self-esteem. Yeah. And I think that this goes back to his low self-esteem. I don't like it either, because I'm like, my man, calm down. She, You are reading way too much into this. Mm-hmm. She didn't do any of this. She didn't say any of this. There's nothing in the text to support what you're saying. And he says it repeatedly. But, or rather, and also, I and think also. that this is, <laughs> this is emblematic of his low self-esteem mm-hmm. and the fact that his relation to women has always been one of what can they get from me yeah that's true and it's the trauma renee see what he could possibly give her so he's like she doesn't want anything she doesn't actually want anything to do with me me because i have nothing to give her so right now this is just a game to her i think that that's where it's coming from okay and he does say this again he's like oh you know i must be right about the torture thing i was just a way for her to pass the time in this boring town an easy mark and it's like, you know, he ha- he hasn't displayed any kind of, any sense of personality except for caretaker right. at all. So he might be boring, but that's not what's happening here. And it's also, he's, she's not torturing him or she's not attempting to torture him. She's being selfish. Mm-hmm. She's being selfish, but I don't, but she's not being, she's not torturing him. Right. And I think he's only looking at it as torture because he's just kind of like, I'm going to dangle myself in front of you just out of your reach. And that's why he feels it's torture. Because he's like, she's going to be around me all the time, this girl that I could that could, that could never care about me. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the whole thing of putting her on a pedestal. Yeah, you know, I agree. But I, I think that it, the only reason why it doesn't go fully into that area is because he doesn't go, this is a girl I could never have. He says, this is someone who will never care for me. Oh, for sure. And she's trying to get me to care for her. Like that, I think, makes all the difference. Because it's not like he goes, I can never have her. He says, she can never care for me. And again, I think that it just goes back to the way that he's never been truly cared for. He doesn't have a healthy relationship with women. And that much is clear. Um, And so... He has a very unhealthy relationship with women. Right. So I think that that is what it comes back to. And then also, at this point, she technically is bored. By the fact that she doesn't know what he's thinking. And she, because, like, Edward had the same thing. Mm-hmm. When he started this whole, hey, sit with me, whatever. Like, that whole thing was rooted in, I need to know what you're thinking. It wasn't because he cared about her. It wasn't because he had, like, learned the, you know, things about her. It was just purely, you smell good, and I'm curious. And so that's what she's doing right now. Right. But that's different than she's just bored. Yeah. So he says to her, what do you want? And um, so even that whole conversation with her, I, I, I think that even though she's kind of like, you know, she's talking to him after she said we shouldn't be friends, mm-hmm. um, her changes in moods are not like Edward's. And this is what I said. Yeah. Edward changed moods like so many times. Um, here, she's not changing moods that much. But now he says, she stared up at me, seeming oblivious to the drizzling rain that was falling. She was apparently wearing no makeup at all. <laughs> Nothing smudged or ran. Of course, her face was just that that perfect naturally. For a second, I was actually angry. Angry that she had to be so beautiful. Angry that her beauty had made her cruel. Angry that I was the object of her cruelty, and even though I knew it, I still couldn't successfully walk away from her. What in the Miss Havisham are you talking about? 
What are you talking about? So let's do the easy one first. Um, the, wow, perfect girl, no makeup, you know, like, do, doesn't wear makeup because, you know, oh, perfect girls, like, like, um, like, eat it, don't wear makeup, you know, makeup bad, you know, perfect <laughs> specimen like her, can't, ha- doesn't need any enhancements. So that's the easy one. Yes. And now... Now let's move on to the not-so-easy-to-unpack ones. So now, this whole thing of, like, her beauty made her cruel, for me specifically, now I'm the object of her cruelty, inspired by... I, I was so angry. I was angry that she had to be so beautiful. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? And then that whole idea that her beauty made her cruel, this is what I'm talking about, Bo. This is where you got me, you know, a little bit concerned. Because her beauty didn't make her cruel. If anything, first of all, I don't think she's being cruel. I think she's being callous with his feelings. And not, and not even callous with his feelings. I think she's being selfish. She's telling him, and she's being flippant. She's telling him, you should stay away from me. It'd be smarter if we weren't friends. And then she's still talking to him because she wants to. Because it is her good pleasure. And it's the same thing that Edward did. It's the same thing that Edward did. It's not being cruel. The only reason why he is seeing it as cruel is because he thinks that she is so out of his reach as a romantic partner that it is cruel for her to even give him some attention. And this is, this is his concern. that He's like, if, she's, if she doesn't want anything to do with me, then why bother talking to me? It just feels to me like he's kind of like, she's so beautiful. She's out of my... She's out of my league and I'll never have a chance with her. And it's cruel for her to continue to talk to me knowing that I'm not going to, that she's not going to give me the time of day or she's out of my league or I'm not going to have a chance with her. I mean, I think though that, that one of the things that he very specifically says is she'll never care about me. And I think, I think that that's important to note. It's not that he's saying I'm not going to get, she's going to lead me on and I won't be able to get it in with her. That's not what he's saying. I think there's an, that is a very important, like key point of why he feels there's some sort of deception happening because he's like, she wants my attention, but she will never care. Like, I I, I think it's important that he makes that specific. That he says that she would never possibly care about me? Yes. Because I don't think he's saying, he's not saying she'll never be with me. He's not saying. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think, he's not, he's not thinking about her in a way of like, oh, I want her to care about me as a friend. That's not what he's thinking about her as. But it's, I'm not talking about caring about him as a friend. You could be with somebody, you could be in a relationship with somebody and they don't actually care about you. I'm talking about, he's talking about, like, she'll never actually care. So, like, they could end up getting into some kind of situation and she still won't care about him. I think that's what he's getting at. You think he's concerned about that? You don't think he's talking about her, they won't have a chance to have a romantic relationship? I think that that's not what he, he, did he, he hasn't said that. And I don't have any bias against him to assume that that's why he's, that's what he's getting at. I think you might. I think he clearly says she'll never care about me. That's the only point where he was just like, she's being cruel. Right, I understand that. But I don't think he's talking, but I think that, I don't think he's talking about care about in the sense of being in a relationship with someone or a friendship with someone and caring about their feelings like in a, in a, a loving them way. I think care about like, oh, my favorite, my favorite color is red. I don't care about that. Care about in that sense, which is different. Those two things are different. One is intimate and one isn't. I think he's talking about the non-intimate one. Like, she's not going to care about me at all. I'm just some kid. What you're talking about is care about. Have an emotional bond with someone. A connection. Yes. I don't think he's talking about that. 
when he says she'll never care about me. I don't think he's thinking that far ahead where he goes, even if we get involved, she's still not going to care about me because no one cares about me. I don't think he's having that reaction. I think when he says she's not going to care about me, it's just like, oh, whatever, I'm some kid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's talking about that emotional bond. Yeah. And so that's why I'm looking at it is when he says she's not going to care about me, she's not going to give me the time of day. Yeah. I'm some nobody. Yeah. But I also feel like that's valid. He doesn't want to waste his time with somebody who's never, who's like playing games with him. Okay, fine. But that still kind of implies that something's owed to him. If you say, I don't want to waste my time with someone if I'm not, if what, if, if what? Like, do you, you know, are we expecting things from our acquaintances? Or is it just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Is it just kind of like a... And in the same way, if an acquaintance wants to have a, a, an interaction with us, we don't have to give that to them. Yeah. They could be like, hey, and we could be like, mm, and keep it moving. <laughs> we don't have to give them an interaction. Yeah. So when Edith comes out the woodwork talking about, hey, after being like, eh, he doesn't have to. He doesn't. He doesn't. What I'm saying is that his, 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 um, objection to what, to her coming to him now isn't coming from a place of, nah, you're not going to be like this way to me and then come back and talk to me. I don't think it's rooted in that. I think it's rooted in the fact that he's like, I was going to ignore you. Even though I'm, I'm I'm thinking about you all the time, and you're not making it easy for me, and you're torturing me because in fact this is what you want. You want to play games with me, and I feel like she's being selfish the same way that Edward was. But I don't think at that point in Twilight when they took her to the baseball game they were playing games in her life. Mm-hmm. They were playing games, but I don't think at this point he's necessarily playing. Or at, he, at this point Edward was necessarily playing games with Bella the same way I don't think that Edith is necessarily playing games with him, especially at the games that he's thinking. Am I biased against him? Do you think that that's... I don't think that... I don't know if you're biased against him. I think that you were expecting the worst from him. And that's fair. I mean, men in these situations usually do end up being the worst. But there's nothing to support that he is going to be the worst. There's no reason to assume that that is the case. I think that ideology matters. And I think that his ideology is that this this girl is so perfect. Is it his ideology or is this one reaction to one girl? Because he doesn't talk about Michaela. This is not like a. This is not a pattern. He's having a very visceral reaction to one girl. He's not going. All women are this way. Okay. You're 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 automatically jumping to the. Well, this is rooted in in an ideology, and it it could very well just be. I feel like she's toying with me, and why would she do this? Mm-hmm. And it's also he's having these reactions like as these interactions are happening with her, like it just. I don't know that it's rooted in ideology. I don't think that it's rooted in ideology because there's nothing about the way that... There's stuff that he mentions here that, yeah, that's, like, the whole thing with the makeup. That's, like, oh, because perfect girls don't wear makeup. Like, that's... But I don't know. I don't think that, that like, there's... There's no indication elsewhere that this is, like, an ideology that he holds. And I'm not trying to change your mind. We can disagree on this. Okay. You sound sad. Like, no, I'm not sad. I just, I, I, I just, they're just, there's certain things that he says. I feel like they're, like, the whole idea that he's angry that she's so beautiful and that her, her beauty made her cruel. I just, the, I mean, maybe it's just because I can't imagine someone just having that thought, that specific a thought, just, like, off the cuff like that. Because I, I would imagine that someone goes... 
the connection of beauty and cruelty had to already be there. Like, I can't imagine that he's like, oh, she's cruel because she's so beautiful. Like, I feel like he had to have been, like, seeing that beautiful women can be cruel. And then he sees this beautiful girl and goes, oh, she's being cruel because her beauty made her so. And, she, and I'm the object of that cruelty. But. So you're saying, you're saying that he had to believe that beautiful women were cruel before he had this idea about her. I think to a degree, yeah, because like, it, why did he make that connection to beauty and cruel with her? Because her beauties was holding him still. Mm. Her beauties was stopping him from walking away from her. Okay. <laughs> is it? All right. So then she, this is when she invites him to go to Seattle with her. He's like, yeah. And so then, like, it, I mean, it is, it's BS because she says to him, I, even after he says, "I'll go with you to Seattle," she still goes, "You should really stay away from me." And it's like, Edith, stop. It's not, it wasn't cute when Edward did it. It's not cute when you do it. If you're going to, like, that part, when she's like, mm, you should be able to stay away from me. All right, see you later. That is playing a game with him. And that is trying to be like, uh-huh, I'm going to, I'm going to. And like, I don't know if it's like them trying to flirt, but it just. I think that he also kind of like, he, and, and he's like, there's no way she's not aware of how, of her effect on people. Mm-hmm. That's true. And he's talked about her effect on him and like how, like when looking in her eyes, he st- it stops him in his, mm-hmm. like mid speech. Yeah. So I think that that all like kind of comes together in this like, even when he says I'm angry, I don't think he means vi- like I think I think I mean Stephanie Meyer uses language poorly. We know that. <laughs> I think that I don't think he means angry the way that we've come to understand angry for a man when he's talking about a woman. I think she means almost, like, embarrassed. Like, I'm mad that, like, I can't Mm -hmm. stop uh, myself from engaging with her. It's not even, like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I feel like it matters the way that she expresses it, but, like, also she's the worst. Like, she's just always been terrible at this. And I think she's limiting how, like, one of the things she said is, like, he's not, he doesn't speak as, like, flowery as Bella spoke. She's limiting the way that he's able to express his feelings and his emotions to, like, very mad feelings and man emotions. Yeah. Angry. Ambivalent. Or, like, very kind of, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, instead of, like, the wealth of emotions that a person can feel, mm-hmm. any person can feel, um, to, yeah, it's just, I yeah. think she's just writing him poorly. She's doing a very bad job. She is. Of writing their relationship. Yeah. Especially because there nothing about their this feels romantic yet. Nothing about this feels like the exciting whatever first love. None of it. No. Well, let's see. I mean, the, the next chapter is um I think blood type, and so uh they spend some time talking in the cafeteria. So we'll see how that goes. It's not good. I read a few pages into the next chapter. Uh, all right. Bye. Bye.